Hi everyone and welcome to the Perma Podcast. I'm James Prescott, your host. It's really great to have you all here today. Um, I'm delighted to welcome um, Joe Cleary to the podcast today. I'm really excited to have her here. She's somebody I met a few weeks ago at a um, Writer's Day where I was talking about podcasting, believe it or not. Um, and yeah, Joe's got a great story and some great stuff to share with us and I'm excited to have her here. So welcome, Joe. Thanks, James. Yeah, it's great to be here. Great. Um, that's fantastic. So um, we're going to get into your story in a minute, um, which is quite a powerful story. Um, but just tell us a little bit, um, just introduce yourself, kind of like, you know, who you are, what you do, where you're based, that kind of thing. Yeah, so uh, I have a day job. I am a learning and development officer for a care company. So I do that for four days a week. And around that, I write and blog and do various other things uh, around uh, Radical Love Journey, which is the name of my my blog. Um, I live in Coventry with my husband, Moz, who I'll have been married to two years in June. Mm. Um, and that's me. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. Um, excellent. So, yeah, so tell us, tell us your story, because you've got a very powerful um, story, haven't you, to share. So I'd love to, to hear a bit about that. Um, yeah, so just, just tell us, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in a lovely family. I was very fortunate as a child. Uh, we had a lot of, we had a big house. We went on lovely holidays. Uh, I went to very good schools. Um But I was always very shy and very sensitive. And around the age of 19 was when I started to first have have problems with my mental health. Um, So Mm -hmm. I had an episode of depression uh, that was followed at the age of, I think, 20, 21. I had an episode of psychosis, which was was very frightening. I believed all sorts of things that that weren't true. and then when I was 23, I had uh, a manic episode and I got diagnosed with the, the condition bipolar disorder, which mm-hmm. is where people can have depressive episodes like normal depression. But they can also have these episodes of psychosis or be high uh, where they're very, very out of character and, and you know, might believe or do some quite strange things. Right. Um, so that kind of set me on a bit of a path. Um, I was doing a psychology degree. And I decided that after the experiences I'd had that I really did want to work in mental health. So I then went on to do a psychiatric nursing degree as well. And I worked in that field for a number of years. Um, But after a while, that really took its toll on my health. And I became quite physically unwell then with the condition ME, which sometimes people will refer to as chronic fatigue syndrome. So I was also very, very physically unwell for a period of time. Uh, which led me to decide to leave uh, nursing in the end. Uh, mm. And that's brought me to, to where I am now, currently in, in the job that I work in now. Wow. So, that's just a very... That's a very, <laughs> brief, very short... <laughs> brief plot, my yeah, story. There's a lot more details that I could go into. But Yeah, so yeah, tell us about... I mean, obviously having depression and psychosis and... Yeah, and chronic fatigue syndrome, those are... That's three different, very, very difficult, challenging conditions, you know. Um, mm-hmm. What was it, I mean, what, how did, how did those, I mean, you can get, you know, what you can do each one in turn, but how did each of these conditions actually impact you in your kind of day-to-day life? What, 
And what happened to you uh, as a result of going through that? So, I mean, starting off with the depression, that is a very difficult condition to live with day to day. I had quite severe depression, so it impacted on pretty much everything. Um, it very much impacted on my self-esteem, so I felt worthless. I felt um, totally unlovable, really struggled with things like going out of the house or doing anything by myself. Um and there was a lot of anxiety with that as well, a lot of kind of anxious feelings, which is quite common in depression. People often have, mm. have a mixture of depression mm. and anxiety. Yeah. So that was that was tough. And I've had a few episodes of depression throughout my life. And actually, up until recently, I was quite private about my mental health struggles. I did quite a lot publicly about my ME. I started a, an ME group and I did various things related to that. But I'd always kind of kept... Um, the, the mental health side of things back. Uh, so that's really been something that I've been inspired to talk about more through a couple of really inspirational young ladies that I met in my church over the last year and a half. And they've kind of made me think, actually, I do want to come out and talk about my mental health struggles as well. Hmm. I mean, how did the going through the depression and going through psychosis how did those things impact your faith? I mean, what was your faith journey in terms of going through all this stuff? How did it impact your relationship with God and church and all those kind of things? Okay, so they are very, very intermingled. Um, actually, when I had my first couple of episodes, I wasn't a Christian. Um, my mum would say I was a Christian because I was brought up. She she is a Christian and um, she would take me to church perhaps at Christmas or Easter. So not, not regularly, but that was if, if someone had asked her what's her religion, she would have said, yeah, I'm a Christian, mm -hmm. Church of England. And um, that was something that she believed that, that I was as well. Um, mm. But for me, I didn't actually... Uh, start my Christian journey until I was 23 um, and that was during my manic episode so as I said they were very very intermingled wow. so what happened was I'd kind of wondered does God exist I'd got involved with lots of different things as a teenager I was very interested in um, kind of things like Wicca uh, which is another name for witchcraft um, right. white witchcraft okay. I was interested in that. I was interested in uh, all things kind of psychic related, maybe finding out what the future was through asking a pendulum questions uh, by reading cards. So that was the kind of stuff that I was interested in. Um, and I had friends around me when I was a teenager, actually. Two of my best friends were Christians and would often talk to me about their faith. But for me, it just wasn't something that I could believe. I said to them, you know, it sounds nice. I wish I could believe that, but I just don't. Mm. Um, and then when I was 23, something changed. I had an experience where I felt that God kind of actually came to me personally. And all of those things that I felt that I couldn't believe suddenly became true for me. It was a very, very powerful emotional experience. Um, and some people have spiritual experiences, which other people might label as strange or mental illness. But for me, I know that that was part of my illness. It was I was ill at the time. There's no doubt about that. I got taken into hospital the next day, uh, which was actually my 23rd birthday. Um, mm. But that was the start of my journey. 
And there were lots of little things that God did to show me that, you know, I was I was on the right path. You know, sometimes people have these strange experiences when they're ill, but when they get better, they don't believe those things anymore. It wasn't like that for me. Um, as I got better, I still held on to this belief that I had become a Christian, that I'd been born again, and that I now believed uh, all of the things that my friends had tried to tell me about when I was younger. Hmm. So as you... So as you went through all of this stuff and as you went into, um, obviously, chronic fatigue syndrome, how did, like, I mean, because sometimes when we, when we suffer, what happens is that we tend to kind of blame God or we wonder why God hasn't done anything or why mm-hmm. God hasn't, you know, healed us or why did God let this happen to me? Um, did any of those questions ever go through your mind, um, especially after you became a Christian and then, the subsequent health struggles you had after you became a Christian. Um, what kind of questions went through your mind? What kind of how did that how did your relationship with God kind of go during those period during that during that time? Yeah. It was very much tested. Um, during episodes of depression I completely lost faith. I just you know my, my belief in God unraveled and there were times when I just couldn't believe that a loving God would let me experience that level of despair and illness and difficulty. Mm. Uh, So I lost faith completely. Um, And that tended to be the pattern in each episode of depression after I became a Christian, that I would lose my faith. The last one I had, which was um, about this time last year, actually, uh, I decided that um, every time I'd had depression, I'd lost faith. But every time that I recovered, I'd come back to God. So I kind of made a decision that I might as well just not bother losing faith because I was going to come back anyway. So uh, this this <laughs> last time was the first time I've ever stuck with God through that process. It didn't necessarily make it a whole lot easier. It was still very hard. But I made a choice that even though I didn't feel like God was there, even though I didn't feel like you know, I could uh, experience his presence or anything like that, that I would stick with it and, and make a decision Um because I knew it would come back anyway. Mm, so how did that, so when once you made that decision, how did that actually impact your relationship with God going through that process, going through that difficult period where you kind of wanted to give up? What, hap- well, I mean, what happened in your relationship with God and maybe the dynamic of that in that period where normally you would have given up but you'd already decided to, to stick with it? It's difficult to to remember, to be honest, because what I find is when I go through episodes of illness, depression, or uh, when I had CFS, that that my memory is not great. And I think part of that is just what's happening, you know, chemically in your brain at the time. Uh, But I think another part of that is that actually when you get well, it's quite helpful for you not to remember um, Mm. and to block some of it out. So I remember that I went to church sometimes during my depression. Um, I remember sitting in church and just crying through the whole service. Sorry, that was my mum's phone. It's the beauty of live recording, everybody. (laughs) Um, And I can't edit that out. um, uh, The funny thing about that was I wasn't wasn't sure if it was my phone or your phone. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I kind of resonate with that because, I mean, I've struggled a little bit with um, low moods and um, while I haven't had clinical depression, I've certainly 
had periods where I've been very depressed um, mm. and had anxiety and panic attacks and that kind of thing. And I know that you can, you know, with big trauma, um, that you can, that it's natural to try and block all that stuff out. Your brain wants to forget about it. It doesn't want to. It doesn't want mm. to deal with it. That's a very natural human thing to do. Um, but I mean, it's really awesome that you managed to persevere through all of that. I mean, I I completely resonate with the whole thing of every time you suffer that you know every time I've been through a difficult period, I've got angry at God and not wanted to you know said like I don't, I'm not interested, you know I don't mm. I'm not, I don't want to follow you anymore you know and then I always end up coming back you know and yeah I realize that I can't I mean I'm part of a great church community which I can't which I love and I love being part of and the people are amazing and. Um, I always meet with God when I'm with them and encounter God through them, and I can't couldn't just leave that. Um, and so mm. that definitely resonates, I think. Yeah, and I'm very fortunate myself that the church that I'm part of now, um, the vicar is actually a former mental health nurse. Oh wow! Um, and he's suffered with mental health problems himself. His wife, who's also a vicar, uh, used to be a mental health nurse as well. So uh, what tends to happen in our church is that people with mental health problems often gravitate towards it because they know it's a place which is very welcoming, very accepting and very real. I've been to a few churches in my time where it feels like, you know, you have to put your best face on to be there, which is a shame because that's not what church is about at all. all. Um, The church that I'm at now, I don't think I've ever been to a church that's so real. You can just go there as you are and be whatever you want to be so like when I went there and I sat crying for the whole service that was fine that was okay Mm. I told people that had depression they understood um and that was a really amazing experience to have just to be accepted as I was um and for people to to show me love in that situation and you know I was really overwhelmed by the response that the people made to me because we hadn't been at the church for a very long time when I had my episode of depression but the way people responded and prayed and and gave me practical help was was really fantastic. Mm, yeah, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, I, 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 my church is very similar to yours. It's um, we've had people in our church who've had depression, who've had, who've had to go into um, um, rehab and all this kind of thing, and major therapy, and um, actually. Um, we're a church plant, and um, before I even joined the church, um, when our pastor went full time as a pastor in 1999, I think, which is six years before I even joined the church, the first day he had a nervous breakdown. Um, ah. You know, so our church is very familiar with all this kind of thing, and it's yeah. and there's no shame at all. People feel yeah. completely free to be who they are with all their imperfections, and that's what church should be. Uh, Definitely. <clears throat> Church shouldn't be where you go and put your best frock on and, metaphorically speaking, you know, we spend <laughs> kind of pretend everything's okay and actually it's not. It should be a place where you go and be vulnerable and be safe. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think you can have really deep relationships um, and church relationships are supposed to be like family relationships. I don't think you can have those deep relationships if you're hiding part of yourself, if mm. you're just going there and somebody's saying to you, how are you? And you're going, oh, I'm fine. But actually inside you're dying. Yeah. You know, what's the point of that? I That's think vulnerability right. is so important. And I think that when it comes from the top, when it comes from the leaders and they set the culture and they're willing to stand up there and be vulnerable and say, look, I'm struggling at the moment. 
then that sends a really powerful message to people within the church that it's okay yeah. to say how it is. And in fact, it's more, it's more than okay. It, it's really important to, to do that, to actually carry on an authentic journey and relationship with God. Absolutely. Absolutely right. Yeah. Um, and we need more churches that do that and more pastors yeah. that do that. Um, yeah. So, um, you're right. And yeah, about being and vulnerability. Yes, totally. Um, and that's about grace, you know, in many ways, um, just accepting that you're enough as you are and that you don't have to prove yourself. You don't have to put your best face on. You don't have to be perfect. Yeah. Um, that God loves yeah. you just as you are. Um, yeah. That's, that's really, really important. And that's what I love about Jesus that, and God that, you know, in some of the philosophies, you have to kind of work your way there. You have to be trying really hard and it's about striving. And Whereas with Jesus, he's just saying, you know, I'm going to come to you where you are. I'm going to accept you as you are. I'm going to love you as you are with all your imperfections and all your flaws. And I need that because I've got a lot of imperfections and flaws. I need yeah. I need someone, uh, I need a God who's willing to do that because otherwise, you know, I haven't got a lot of hope. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I've always said grace and vulnerability go go together very well. Um, yeah. And um, I've got no doubt about that. Nothing's changed my mind on that. Um, mm. So about your, and I just want to get into talking about your creative journey because... Um, you talked about um, the work you're doing, the blog and your Facebook group, uh, Radical Love Journey. Um, what was the journey of that, of, of you know, your creative journey in terms of starting the blog and then getting into the Facebook group? And what's your kind of vision for that and passion for that? Let's talk about that for a bit. Yeah, so about nine months ago, I decided that I wanted to write again and, and to write seriously, to really um, give it some energy and time because I've loved writing my whole life. When I was a child, I wrote books, I wrote poems. When I was a teenager, I wrote articles. And for quite a while, I'd really put that to one side. I'd been doing a few blogs on an ME group that I ran, but apart from that, I wasn't writing. And I think part of it was business, part of it was, was lack of confidence, and I just felt like, yeah, I really want to start writing again. So I figured that the best way to do that and to get better at writing was just to do it. So the Facebook page, Radical Love Journey, although it was called Radical Self Love at the start, I think was the very original name. Um, the Facebook page that I started was purely a vehicle for that um, because I thought, well, if I start a Facebook page, I've got to write. I'll kind of feel a responsibility to people that I need to put stuff on there. And I'll also be able to get some feedback from the people who read what I write. So I mm. thought, well, to me, that's a perfect way to improve my writing because it'll force me to practice and it'll help me to mm. um, get feedback from people and, and see what they think. And that all started really well, which encouraged me to carry on. Um, and then I decided to start my, my blog, my um sign up page which goes alongside the facebook page uh, and then out of that i decided to start the group because actually on a page however hard you try people really don't tend to interact that much i no. think the page yeah. is seen as 
this is kind of your shop front. You put your stuff up there and people look at it and they like it and they might share it. But however much you say to people, I'd love to hear your comments or what do you think? Uh, hardly anyone ever comments. That's what I found anyway in my experience of having uh, a couple of different pages that I've run. But when you start a group, and particularly if you make it a closed group so people know that what they post or comment is not going to be appearing on their timeline to everyone who is mm. their Facebook friend, then people really start to engage. They start to open up and you can actually start to build a community, which is what I was particularly interested in. Um, so that's what very quickly the, the Radical Love Journey Facebook group has become. It's got a lovely supportive feel to it. Um, so we've got some really fantastic members who are getting very involved with all the daily themes and they're being very supportive to the other members. If someone makes a comment, they're commenting and, you know, making suggestions or empathising. And that's what I love about it, having that community, having that interaction with people. That's really, really inspiring. I mean, I'm part of that group as well and I've, I've seen it and it's every day there's stuff on there, there's motivational stuff there's encouraging stuff there's supportive stuff there's sharing it's really all about community and love and support and it's really encouraging so um, I would definitely recommend that to people that group and um, yeah and and how has that how has that been how has writing been a kind of therapy or kind of healing process for you because I I really I'm, one of the things that I always find with writing is it it's very healing and um, it gets a lot of stuff that's inside out and um, does a lot of good work in that sense. So, I mean, tell us a bit about about that. Mm, I, I agree it's very cathartic um, and it's, it's a good way of processing what's happened. And also, I think, a way of realising how far you've come because you delve back into the mm. worst bits and then you can compare and contrast them with, with now and how... Uh, you know how amazing things actually are and that makes me feel very blessed um but also it helps me see how much those difficult experiences in life have helped me to uh, be shaped and to grow because although i wouldn't wish some of them on my worst enemy when i look back i see that every time i have an episode of illness i do come out of it stronger i do come out of it wiser and it's given me something and I think that's an amazing thing that God can do he can take the really really crappy bits of our lives and somehow um you know like with the idea of, of the mosaic like in your um book title uh, mm, yes <laughs> those broken bits um those broken bits that look like nothing can actually put back be put back together into something beautiful and there's a church uh, in Coventry where I live that was called Mosaic Church and, and that whole idea again that, that the broken pieces could actually use by God and put together to make something really wonderful yeah um, I have to apologize for the background noise by the way there's some building work going on in my building which I wasn't expecting um <laughs> so apologize for that um but yes I love I love the um whole idea of the mosaic I mean obviously I wrote the book Mosaic of Grace and um, little plug, you can buy that on Amazon right now if you want to buy it. Um, but, but it, yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, it's like there's there is this whole idea of all our lives are broken. We, we you know we all have, you know, our lives routinely get broken apart into little pieces. You know, you can't go through life and not suffer and not have 
things that you've, you know, either circumstances which have happened to you, which have damaged you or broken you apart, or just mistakes that you've made or bad decisions that you've made or whatever. We're all broken in one way or another. And um, the mosaic metaphor is basically, yeah, about basically allowing God to just pick up those broken pieces and say that, you know, there is something I can do with this. You know, that, that nothing is irredeemable. You know, that, um, that I can put it back together and make something more beautiful. And, um, yeah, absolutely. So, um, and I, yeah, and I, and I definitely agree that writing helps do that it, because it kind of takes all the stuff that's inside of you and kind of puts it together a little bit and helps you make sense of it. Um, that's one of the things I love about creativity. You know, it's, it's such a healing thing to do. It's such a, um, transforming thing to do and it helps you find out more of who you are I think I mean have you found that definitely I, I find that I learn when I write so I might start to write about a particular topic like maybe I'll decide to write about self-esteem or forgiveness and as I'm writing I'll come up with an idea that I hadn't had before and it'll just pop into my mind and I'll think wow that's that's a really good point so even if the people that read my stuff don't learn anything from it I learn something from it I actually find that when I allow um allow myself just to to go with the flow and to write about something to reflect on something that it'll pull kind of treasures out of out of my mind and heart that I didn't even know that were there Mm. and that's quite exciting you know like you know if you if you ever have had to do a talk at church, actually just spending that time uh, reflecting on a passage of scripture. Mm. When I've done that before, again, I've always found that I've learned something that God has spoken to me personally uh, and hopefully to some other people. But, you know, if he, if that's all he's done, at least one person's been impacted by it. Yeah, and absolutely. Kind of going back to the idea of suffering and growing through suffering, that in the Western world we have this idea that um, that suffering shouldn't be a part of life, that everything should be lovely and shiny and perfect and we should never have any struggles. And I think in other parts of the world, they actually have a much more realistic concept of um, the fact that life is full of troubles and difficulties. And certainly, you know, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And I think if we... If we are in a mindset that, you know, when we become a Christian, we're not going to have any troubles or we're going to be protected and everything's going to be okay, mm. then that, that's unbiblical and unrealistic. And it's just going to make those hard times even more difficult to, to deal with. Yeah. One of the things I talk about in my book is that some of the Christian church often sells Christianity to you as the answer to your problems. Like, you, know, you take, you know, buy, my, buy our product <laughs> And it will solve all your problems and make all your problems go away, um, basically, you know. And the product is Jesus, you know. Um, and that is just a completely false view of Jesus. Um, it's like, um, yeah. Jesus, didn't come, Jesus didn't say that we wouldn't suffer. Jesus did not say, oh, you know, suddenly you believe, you change your belief system and suddenly you'll your life will be perfect. That's not how it works, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I know that from personal experience, and obviously, there's your experience, and I know, you know pretty much everyone I know who's a Christian. You know, um, it, there's no difference. You know, we we all go through suffering. We all 
struggle. We all have those difficulties, whether we're a Christian or not. Whatever you believe, um, it's just part of being human. Um, and yeah, advertising wants wants to tell us a different story. Hollywood often wants to tell us a different story, and the church sometimes wants to tell us a different story. But as we yeah, as we were talking about, the best churches are the ones which are just honest and vulnerable and say, no, this is real life. This is what life is about, and that Jesus is not mm. going to take your problems away, but He walks with you through those. Those, those struggles and kind of says you're not alone and I can and I can do something with this um, yeah 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 and I think that's that's where the hope comes that whatever happens whatever you go through God can and will use that although sometimes I think we have to partner with him and allow him to use it mm. um, because if we just get stuck in a victim mentality, which I've been in, you know, at various times in my life, yeah. oh, everything's so awful, um, you know, I'm so unfortunate, please pity me, yeah. <laughs> that actually it's very difficult then to partner with God and, and the empowered position he puts us in until we can move through that. And I know that's easier said than done. I'm not saying that someone with depression, for example, can just snap out of it. That would be, you know, completely the the wrong thing to say. Um, but I do think there are times in our lives when we can make choices about how we think and how we respond to our circumstances um, that agree basically with, with what God's saying, with his truth for us, instead of, you know, perhaps the, the more negative, disempowering messages that, that we might have going around our head. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, so, so just to close, like, what's, you know, obviously you've shared, you've shared a lot of your journey with us today and it's been really challenging and encouraging and inspiring. I mean, so... I just want to close. What's the one? What's the biggest lesson that you've learned about yourself, about God, about life? Just generally, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned on your journey that you'd like to pass on to other people? I think probably trust, because so many times in my life, I've worried about stuff. I've been anxious about stuff, and in the end, it's worked out. You know, it might have taken weeks or even months to work out but in the end I get to that point of hindsight where I can look back and I can say actually God was with me he knew what he was doing and he's brought something amazing out of that hard time and what I'd like to be able to do and what I think I'm learning to do uh, at the moment is to say I'm going to stand in that position of trust so when the hard times do come instead of doubting and questioning and worrying I'm going to say actually God knows what he's doing and that's going to make it a lot easier for me to get through the hard times instead of having to wait for those weeks or months of that insight to come but actually yeah this worked out for my best in the end I'm going to trust um, you know when good things happen I'm going to trust God but also when bad things happen I'm going to, going to trust God and I think that's possible I think it's entirely possible or God wouldn't you know suggest it um, and I think that we can learn to do that. And, and when we do learn to do it, it's, it's completely transformative. And it's, you know, how God wants us to, to live our lives, I believe. That's, wow, that's that's really inspiring. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being on here today. It's really great to talk to you, Joe. 
Um, really great to have you as a guest. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Anytime. Um, maybe we'll have you back one day as well. Um, so, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so um, thanks for listening, everyone. I hope this has been really inspiring for you. That has been for me. And um, we'll talk again soon.